Puget Sand. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back! We're too long away again, but here we are, back in Vintage Sand Studios, Sur La Merde, south of Glorious 14th Street in the freezing cold weather. It's Team Vintage Sand, that would be myself, Josh, and John, and Michael. And I personally am still floating on a cloud, having just seen the first trailer, which dropped today for In the Heights, which is come. Have you guys seen it yet? No, I saw the play. You didn't like it? Not particularly. Oh my god. The movie, but, but the <laughs> it was okay. No, a lot of... But the uh, movie looks like a real... It, it's a very West Side Story-ish. It looks like it's going to be a really good adaptation of it. So, But the story was, wasn't that interesting. They updated a little bit and throw the Dreamer thing in there, apparently. Oh, so, okay. Um, and, you know, I'm going. So Ham Hamilton's much better. Yes, true. But uh, I am. Uh, we need a good movie musical. But we are here today because our greatest living director has graced us with a film that many are considering a sort of capstone. That's the word the Atlantic used of his career. And of course, we're talking about Martin Scorsese and uh, the Irishman. And that is going to be our topic today of episode 17, called "The Irishman." It's what it is, which is probably my favorite line in the whole. Film. It's what it's, it is. It's what it is. People, not me. They wouldn't dare. Not me have said <laughs> that <laughs> it's what it is. So our episode is what it is. Uh, you know, greatest living director, national treasure, blah, blah, blah. And again, with anything like this, we have to sort of approach it on its own terms. Um, and I, the thought occurred to me that, you know, how many directors... I, I don't think this is going to be the end of his career. Oh, no. No, right? no, 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 no. I mean, assuming his health no. holds up. I mean, it could, it could be a good ending, but... Right. I don't know. He's going to no. continue to work. and I mean, but very few directors have consciously made a final film knowing it's a valedictory, like The Dead yeah. immediately springs yeah. to mind. I mean, Houston yeah. knew that yeah. was his last. Um, I think Kurosawa kind of did with Ron, although he did another film after that. But, you know, Ron was clearly yeah. meant to be his... Yes. Farewell. You know, more often than not, I was thinking we get uh, family family plot. Now, Scorsese is very spry. <laughs> I've seen him in interviews. He's yeah. uh, there's just still a lot of energy in that man. Yeah, and as I said, he is rumored to be uh, signed on to the adaptation of the brilliant uh, nonfiction book *Killers of the Flower Moon* about the uh, murders of the Osage Indians who owned oil rights in Oklahoma back in the 20s. So stay tuned. But yeah, I mean, this seems like if even if it's not an end, I mean, you know, look, Eastwood's what 90 i know and he's and richard jewell is coming every out year month, so he does a it, movie every year it's he's incredible i've heard some good things about it too especially about kathy bates and that yes. so but this is clearly meant to be a kind of summa i think of one particular or i'm going to argue two particular strands that scorsese has followed ever since mean streets which you know is almost 50 years ago so guilt yeah, guilt and male bonding, and we're, I want to talk about how little the women have to do in this film, which is, you know, usual in a film about male bonding rights, but but remember how good Lorraine Bracco is yes, she in was. Goodfellas, and See, how good not, Sharon Stone was I'm in I'm not crazy Casino. about Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. I think really? she's good, but I think that performance has been very overrated. Oh, I've I... seen the movie, I don't know, maybe ten times, and that is the one aspect of the movie you know, like, that, I think, that I think has deteriorated okay, I'll over, give you... over many viewers. 
doing. So. How about Sharon Stone in Casino? I mean, I by far her, her best. I've only seen Casino once. She's I, amazing in it. She was. And, I remember her being very good. I remember being rather disappointed. I mean, by the, Casino this, in general. The strongest thing a woman does in The Irishman, and by the way, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it yet, stop right here. Turn us off. Tons turn us and off. Tons yeah, and we're tons gonna have tons of spoilers. Spoilers from the get go. Turn us from, off. Spoilers from Jump Street. So. Um, the strongest thing a woman does in this film is stay silent. Yes. And her uh, silence is unbelievable. Yes. Uh, a, a, an interesting performance. Holds the most weight in the whole movie. Right, by Anna Paquin. Um, and, and, and also, and uh, Lucy Galena as Peggy when she's younger. She's wonderful. Yep. And I was very excited to see, because I'm an Orange is the New Black fan, to see at the end the nurse... Uh, who we see walk away in sort of a parallel of the opening shot yeah. is played by Dasha Polanco, who's from Orange is the New Black, oh. and she's even uh, that small part. I was like, oh, it's Daya, yay! Yeah, you so, don't know who Jimmy Hoffa is, do you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, right with the yeah. <laughs> so, um, general thoughts on it. I mean, it's gotten excellent reviews. Yeah. Just one. I, as I liked New it. York I liked critics. it a lot, and. I watched it twice, and in the second viewing, I liked it even more. And since then, I have, I keep thinking of certain moments, and I've, I have made it a point to watch certain moments again. Mostly, the exchanges between De Niro and Pesci and De Niro and, and Pacino. Pacino. Those are the strongest moments in the movie, and it's almost like a, a chamber drama between in, the, in those moments. And and the beautiful, most beautiful moments are really are just. Where there's no dialogue, where there's just looks exchanged between the two of them. At the, at the awards banquet, which oh, I think is oh, like yeah. the, oh, God, the best that scene is so in great. The, in, in the film. Yeah, yeah first what a between, great scene. Uh, between yeah. uh, Joe Pesci, Russell Buffalino, and Hoffa. But and for, between... for example, other, other moments when uh, there's that part when they go see Don Rickles. Yes. And crazy Joe Gallo stops by and he, like, you know, makes some remark about the pin mm -hmm. that Joe Pesci is wearing about, you know, Italian Americans and, and, you know, De Niro kind of gets him to go away or whatever when he comes back and the look on Pesci's face and, and then the, 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 the looks they exchange and you know right away, well, well, Crazy Joe is done for. <laughs> Right outside of Umberto's Clam House, about 30 blocks away from here. That's where it happened, my friends. Yep. And, uh, and, and the film definitely shifts tone after Crazy Joe. Because, I mean, yes. the, the, yeah. the, the interesting thing and the problem is the Forrest Gump thing. Is oh, that, where he right, keeps is sort of that Frank is, he's kind of a, well, Forrest Gump isn't a cipher, but Frank is kind of a cipher himself. He doesn't react much. Well, he seems to prefer to take orders than give them because then he doesn't have that responsibility. And in the end, when the lawyers, you know, or no, not with the lawyers, when the priest confront, you know, says, yeah. you know, do you feel sorry for what you've done? And he says, not really. I, I you know, uh, doing a job. I didn't know the families. Yeah. I don't really feel bad. Although yeah. it leads to the, my favorite moment in the film, which I'll talk about later. Michael, general thoughts? Um, I think it's... Uh Scorsese's best movie since The Age of Innocence. Uh, I also think it's the best American film of the year. Which you know, just doesn't say much because it's right, been a great year for American films. Right, Michael and I are both on Parasite as the film of the year. Go see <laughs> oh, that. Parasite's, Parasite's yeah. great. Right, yeah. Bong Joon-ho rules. But I uh, um, may win Best Director, which would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I might... I might, Well, I love Kundun. I think Kundun is absolutely beautiful. I, I saw one. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I really liked um, Hugo. 
I did not care for. I know like, most people like didn't. Hugo. It no, was a terrible like failure. One of the, was you know, it a box office? Oh my I god! It made just, money. It's list. No, it's listed among the oh, biggest like, box like office Hugo. disasters. Yeah, a lot of people do. I did not care for it. I thought I, it was. I thought it was just. I thought it was self indulgent. Yeah, but self-indulgent in a way that Truffaut was, in the sense that you could get the sense that this is a film that was made by someone who's wholly, completely, and utterly in love with movies. And, and, I th- and the scenes with Melies at the end, you know, yeah. played by Ben Cow, just yeah. wonderful. And I thought that The Wolf of Wall Street, while parts are entertaining, are too damn long. Absolutely. And I, I don't, frankly, I don't it's one. almost an, another... My bigger problem with With of Wall Street was I, I like the movie. I think I think that some aspects is very entertaining. I think DiCaprio's great in it. He's very, very good. Is that you never get the sense that what they're doing is hurting people. You never, you yeah. never really right. understand it's, it's that. It's sort of hermetically sealed. Yeah, you world. never really understand that how that what they're doing is ruining people's lives. And what happens, of course, in at the end of Wall Street, at the end of Goodfellas, at the end of you know of, of even well, not so no, it's most like Raging Bull, I think, in terms of yeah. you know yeah. yes. fading away rather than you know things ending explosively. You know, like yeah. like Tommy getting killed in Goodfellas yeah. or. Uh, you know, everything coming to a halt, as I said, in Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, this is a film, as you guys said, made by an older man. With it older is, man. Well, we haven't said that on the air yet. Good, it's good, an old man's movie. It good, is. Goodfellas is is a flashier movie, and also because of the perspective of, of the main character, Henry Hill, like because he says right in the very beginning... Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster. It's the whole idea that, being, opening lines, that yeah. being that being a gangster is is fun. Like, isn't this fun? We're all having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, it's more about... It's a these, somber movie. These, yeah, it's yes. a somber movie. And you have to think in the beginning, well, was Frank Sheeran always like this? And the war brought it out of him? Or did the war change him? It's the Macbeth thing, you know? Was you know, was, which, was it was the murderer which, always inside of him? It? Right, exactly. You know, but I love the connection. One of the things I loved about the film is the connections that they keep making with his military work. Because yes. he, yep. you know, he fought his yeah. way through Anzio. Yeah. He even compares... He compares someone to Patton. Is it is it Russell when, or is when, it Hoffa? When he the, for, after he t- gets off the phone uh, with, 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 uh, Hoffa. With, with, yeah, with Hoffa, yeah, he, he says, says I, I thought, feel like I, I've talked to Patton. I right. thought I was talking to General Patton. And so you know we've, we've and and in that little moment too when he says hello, he's like a little boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we turned into him into a killer and a hero in fighting his yeah. way. You know through Anzio, he mentioned yeah. specifically, and he just you know by accident runs into. Uh, Russell at the gas station and they strike up this friendship and you know he's already got that inside of him but we kind of just like we did it to Travis Bickle too you could argue but now some have, have said that the only thing that Frank ever really killed was a bottle of bourbon um, yeah, I know. There's, there's, I know. There's a lot of controversy about the book about whether or not what he did is right. he says he did, is especially true. But, with Crazy Joe. But right. I think that has nothing to do with whether or not it's a good movie. Oh, exactly. absolutely not. Exactly. I don't absolutely know why not. people. It's not a documentary. No, not yeah. looking for historical no. accuracy. And Scorsese, king of the voiceover in modern times, yeah. you know, lives for unreliable narrators. You could say at the he's trying to find meaning in his life at the end, and so he's going to embellish a little. Yeah, like, I was more important than you know they are like because all the other people are dead so they nobody can say anything yeah no exactly and the right the scene with the lawyers at the end with i love the last you know it's three and a half hours long a lot of people have complained about the length and michael we were talking but i don't think but I, what would you cut i wouldn't cut anything out. okay when i saw it at the theater i had criticism over what you thought was the best part the daughter the Anna Panquin. I didn't say it was the Peggy. best part. Oh. I just thought it was the part that carries the most weight as far as I it's, it's, thought, it's her conscience. I thought that was a little heavy-handed, 
when I saw it in the theater. When I saw it at home, I thought, oh, no, you should keep this. It, it, it just, it's, it's the longest time I think I've ever sat in a theater ever. Well, I, at but, one time, because I didn't want to miss one second. I mean, even The Godfather Part Two is not that long. Right. With, but, see, but, you know, it's but, about but, the same, but, 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 the same. You didn't see 1900 all four hours? Novecento. <laughs> I know I went to the bathroom during that one. And I think they've had an intermission. When I saw it, it didn't have But I would argue that the film it's closest to in spirit, and I think fundamental, we're going to talk obviously about its connections to other Scorsese films, but the film it reminded me most of in its original intent was Once Upon a Time in America. Yes, and, you know, maybe. because it's a gangster, well, another gangster well, movie that spans. Although I think this is a better film. I see. I disagree because mm. I this is I, much I, more. I, I do too. Leone's yeah, film is much I, no, more. No, no. I think this is a better movie. The Irishman's better than Once Upon yeah. a Time. Yeah, I think so. I didn't love the. I ending, like Once Upon a Time, the original. The original. Yeah, yeah, we're, obviously, we're talking about Leone's uh, cut. Yeah, I just. I think it's uneven. I've seen it several times. I like it a lot. Love it, but the but the jumping back and forth in time, and I, and this has a very interesting time structure too. Yeah. The flashback within the flashback, yeah. and you know, in the trip. Richard to, uh, Richard Brody of the New Yorker calls it wild strawberries with handguns. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna yeah, say, I was gonna say it's like Scorsese meets Bergman. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, and I, he liked the film. I should add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some problems with Richard Brody, but yeah, I think he was he was right about. It. He uses the word froideur in the first sentence of the. Uh, so I was like, okay, Richard Brady, I'm impressed. Yeah, he actually came to speak at my um, the class I taught at Brooklyn Academy of Music to the oh, yeah? to the teenage. Yep, and he criticized me for choosing Band of Outsiders as my Godard film. He says, "Well, this is the least Godardian film of that period." Ooh. I was like. Thank you, Richard. Ouch. <laughs> let's stay in, let's stay, let's have lunch. <laughs> That's, That's not nice. Makes me miss Anthony Lane. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> no, but he's a brilliant writer. His book on Godard, by the way, is great. Um, but, all right, so, yeah, I, I still love, because the characters, the two characters at the center of Once Upon a Time in America have this relationship that touches their lives, and it's a film about memory. And I guess this yeah. is too, but In a different the way. way Leone cuts it, yeah, is much more was was more powerful for me. Well, uh, one big difference in Once Upon a Time in America is that there's a love interest, right, Elizabeth McGovern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before she uh, hit Downton Abbey, long before. Yeah. And you know, it, there are definitely probably I don't love the ending, but you know, I love this the, the sense of mystery, like you know, De Niro's character has been summoned back, and we don't know who summoned him, and that's not revealed until yeah. the very end, yeah. and. It reminded me of that, and I, I like no, I Once can, Upon can, a Time in America see, a little bit more. I can, I can understand that. Yeah, I can see why you would think of that. But there's a lot of Scorsese in this Scorsese oh, yeah. film, man. And oh, yes. so, I mean, the opening shot, for example. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, the, the, the corridor shot. In a know. nursing home. I love it. Right, exactly. Instead of the, We've gone from the Copa in Goodfellas to the nursing home. Yeah. Uh, With, in, in the heat of the, in in the, still the, of the still night. In the still of the night, which, <laughs> exactly. which when, when one of the prevalent lines in that song is, I remember. Yeah, and and I love I love that, and he said he took it from uh, Shock Carter from Sam Fuller, you know uh, that sort okay. of in the mental institution, yeah. the opening shot mm. of which, by the way, if you guys have never seen that, check that one out. It's my favorite Fuller film, um, and you know we hear him talking in voiceover, and then the camera spins around, and he's t who's he talking to? Well, I I I made the assumption that it's the person who wrote the book with him. Yeah. 
Charles possibly, Charles but we, we never we see... No, we never see the person To use one to. of my favorite words, we for, never see the interlocutor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There, for all, we, for all we know, it yeah. could be yeah. another elderly man or, sitting there ne- next to him. Or a priest. Yeah, maybe or, or the priest. Our, yeah. Who reminded me of the priest in Gran Torino. It was like the same character. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. Looking, get off my lawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then we get that flashback within the flashback, and mm. you know the the trip that they're taking out to Michigan for yeah. Ray Romano's daughter's yeah. uh, wedding. Ray Romano was shockingly good, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he he's a, a good, good actor. actor. He's a good actor. He was good in that. Uh, Movie uh, a couple years ago, they played Holly Hunter's father, where the girl was in a coma. No, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, you did. Uh, I know what you're talking about. It was up for awards. No, and, and you know, you've got Sebastian Maniscalco, who's not really an actor, you know, playing Crazy Joe. And, and he was great. What, Stephen Graham. As. as oh, oh he's, he's great. Uh, Tony. Yeah, Tony. And, and I Tony think Pro. Tony Pro. Tony Pro, The little guy. Yeah. It's no the little guy. He's got to be there. It's like you no, people. not with the little guy. What do you mean by you people? I love I that he grudge was for a decade. So brilliant yes. and as stupid. Much as I like Pesci and and Pacino, and I do like them both in this film very very much. I'm so, sorry that they're getting the nominations for supporting actor when theoretically there is almost as leading roles. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Stephen Graham that belongs in that category because yeah. he is so good. Yeah. Oh, just and, and I like the guy who plays uh, Fat. Um, what's his name? Fat, Fat Tony. Yeah, Fat Tony. Yep. Uh, all the all the small parts were good. All I the thought. Small, uh, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. yeah. Very That's very good. Dominic. Lombardazzi is Anthony Fat Tony Salerno. Fat Tony Salerno. God, remember these guys? These guys growing up were so big, especially you know where I grew up in Staten Island, which was you know those were the guys. Yeah, those those the were guys. Uh, the guys. Those were our heroes. Um, and, and even though they're critic, it's been criticized that the women don't give aren't given much to do. But it's not. It's they're not they're very very good. It's very very well cast. Yeah, it's, um, it's, but I love at the same the, time. I think that criticism is kind of stupid because yeah. it's not. It's not about them. No, it's I mainly know. about the three principles. So I, it's, I loved Pesci though. It, 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 oh, oh God, he's great. It, it was so nice to see him turn it down to yeah. a six instead of and, eleven. And, and uh, did you, I read an article, a fascinating article about him. Kind of one, one of the reasons he doesn't really act anymore. Apparently, when he was a little kid, he was pushed into the business. Interesting. Yeah, really? as a child, he was pushed in. I don't know if he did. Well, in the in the, the conversation that's on Netflix now, yeah. he says he refers to Scorsese and Dunaza, but then these two guys saved me from the gutter. Well, he wasn't when he uh, did um, Raging Bull. Yeah, he, he was. He was not on that. He had yeah. quit acting. Yeah, and he was kind of happy about it. He says so. Well, and but he had to be talked into this. You know, and you know, Scorsese has cited as an influence on all these De Niro Pesci relationship kind of films, um, Force of Evil with John Garfield. Did you guys ever see that? No, the Bond I have. Film? I have seen it. You know, with the hothead brother <laughs> yeah. and the and the calmer brother who has to sort of save the hothead from himself. Right. That was Mean Streets. That yeah. was Harvey Keitel, you know, that Harvey was Charlie Keitel. and, and, yeah. and uh, Johnny yeah. Boy. I yeah. mean, and all the way through to that, the end of the banquet scene, where the final conversation between yeah. Frank and Hoffa, where he's trying to tell Jimmy yeah. just to stop. Yeah. Knock it off. I yeah. just won't. And, yeah. uh, and Well, it was about vanity, really. It's but, really what it was about. But there I see a connection. It's my to, union. It's my union. <laughs> 
They do things to me. I do things to them. I have to say there were maybe about 20 to 30 seconds here and there where his performance in this reminded me a little bit of what he did in Dick Tracy. Just slightly. <laughs> a man without a plan is not a man. Nietzsche. But, and I love it in Dick Tracy. I, I, I bet, boy, that's an underrated film, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a it was a hit. Yeah, yeah but you don't yeah. see it. You don't, yeah. you don't ever see movie. it. No, yeah, it's, it's very. That's no, a good movie. I when I teach use of color in film, I, I teach you know just oh, those, yeah, those eight use of color. primary colors. Very. <gasps> I like I like the movie a lot. Leading up to when the first when you first see Pacino as Hoffa, but all of a sudden it gets this shot of caffeine. It's like yeah. all of a sudden you had like a double espresso. All right. So then the energy that he and suddenly it's so much better than Danny DeVito's film. Oh, see, I see. I don't know. I one of my favorite Nicholson performances. Really? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I I actually I haven't thought, seen it in a long time. I hated that movie. I wrote wow. to my congresswoman asking for a constitutional <laughs> amendment forbidding former. You can sit- only use that joke once every three podcasts. Former episodes. former sitcom <laughs> actors being not allowed to, to be. To yeah, we're talking about Louis De Palma from Taxi here. Yeah, I don't think he's a very good director. I'm sorry, and I didn't. Th- I thought that was a. That was Mammoth's script, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's another reason it's I didn't like it. By the numbers director. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. I love the. I no, I don't love the direction of the film. I like Nicholson's performance, though. Oh, I think he's. Yeah, Nicholson is good in it. I guess I he haven't is. liked Nicholson that much lately either. No, and and I haven't liked Pacino much because he's. Become, no. But but no, apart I, also, apart from so, Angels in America, I think his his work lately has been almost. Um, a cartoon he of hasn't, He hasn't had a really good part like this in a long time. The same with Nero. Yeah. And, and then we get another. We get another one of those Scorsese shots with the um, uh, the murder in the barber shop. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I love that. Wasn't part. that great? Wasn't it beautiful? Yeah. And he said that. And you don't see any. You don't see it. You it's don't just, see it. It's right. great. You hear the screaming, and you but the camera tracks down yeah. the hall, That's and then right. past the flowers. And he said the flowers are supposed to be like the uh, Podesta um, flower That's shop. That's one of the criticisms I've heard. From, interesting. I, from younger, because I thought of that. I didn't know he said that. He said that. Yeah. Vertigo. Which one? The, when, when the camera tracks away from the the killers, and mm-hmm. when that happens off screen, and goes past the flowers that are that the the flower vendor is selling, yeah. it's set up like the flower shop, the window of the flower shop in Vertigo. Vertigo. Wow. Yeah, he said that, that. He did that deliberately. You know, he's well, he's yeah. nothing if not a film student. This always, is true. Yes. Always, always. Yes. So I and I so I love that, and I like the you know the. Force of evil, hothead brother, you know, cooler brother thing between yep. Frank and oh, yeah. Hoffa, especially. I thought that was just lovely. Absolutely. So performances that, top drawer. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, God, that, uh, that when when he when he realizes when Pesci's telling him like you know I, we tried we tried everything and he's realizing I have to go and kill my friend. And then the, the the loneliness that you feel from him when he gets on that plane, he's just sitting there looking out the window. Oh, and and yeah, yeah, Pesci says, "We did everything we could for him. Yeah. We did everything we could." Yeah. And uh, I I just think that. And then and then when he see and then at the moment when uh, they pick up Hoffa and he gets in the car and he gives him that hug and you you see De Niro. He's he's fighting back the tears. He's he's oh, trying yeah. to control himself. That whole sequence. And then there's that beautiful. hint. And then when he shoots him, there's a sudden hint of vulnerability on Pacino's part. You're like, oh, oh my god. Yeah. When Hoffa he turns around and says, "Let's get out of here." Yeah. And and boom. No, there's not a bad uh, performance in the film at all. Not even a mediocre one. Everybody yeah. is yeah. just even whispers. Yep. The other whispers. Yeah, the other <laughs> one, who gets, gets capped in the street, too. Um, 
So what about the other criticism that's being leveled, not particularly by, against the performances, is, you know, with the very, very notable exceptions of maybe Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and and the female performances in... Um, Age of Innocence? In Age of Innocence, yeah. Um, oh, he's got females in his films the women Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio in uh, Color of Money who doesn't come who comes off as very greedy and you know not particularly nice person or helpful or but and by the way I like the Color of Money more than most people do. oh I like it I don't like it as much as The Hustler and I wish it had been a different actor than Tom Cruise but I always wish there was a different actor in it than Tom Cruise <laughs> I've heard this before is this a rerun this no. was <laughs> If you, if, you, if you listen to our episode last, last month. Last episode, our Eyes Wide Shut episode. If yeah. you ever want to hear Tom Cruise ripped apart, if that makes you happy, by all means listen to that episode. One of these days you're going to say that while we're on air and Tom's going to come out of the closet. <laughs> I don't know. I, we do have a lot of pull. We have at least 100 listeners somewhere, but not that kind of pull. Yeah. I don't know. So um, I love the fact that uh, it is intercut with politics all the way through. Oh, yeah. And not just, oh, yeah. the, not just the part like, that is in Godfather 2 with the hearings that Bobby Kennedy had yeah. you know, with yeah. involving the mob, yeah. but also you know, it, it's suggested you know, Bay of Pigs and JFK yeah. and, uh, and all of that. And, and, Watergate, you know, he ends up, uh, De Niro meets Howard Hunt, and Howard Hunt ends up <laughs> becoming his looking, looking at my ears. I <laughs> love that. I had surgery. I had surgery. <laughs> my ears are like, no, no. But the suggestion is, is to me at least, was the sort of common bond between criminality and... Uh, and what what the mob did, and we, you know, I'm sorry to interject my own <laughs> politics here. Apologies, beloved audience, but we have a president who who does his job like he's watched too many of these mob yeah. movies. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he's, he's, a, he's a mafia chief. The way he runs things, exactly. So yeah. that 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 crossing that line between mob politics and politics politics, I think, had a nice resonance now as opposed to uh, other times. Um, so what do we think about the women in the film? Underused, just fine. You know, I, I well, I mean, I guess you could <coughs> develop maybe the wives more in a way, but then you would have to add on maybe another hour oh, to the movie. Were, it was long become, enough. Become a miniseries. No, I, you know, I don't know how you would really do I, it. I, I, but at the same time, in in the kind of life that they lived, I mean, the mafia. Especially in the fifties and sixties and seventies, women were treated as just like, yeah, like secondary, K, like K in, uh, secondary in the Godfather films. I, I still just... love the scene uh, when Jimmy Hoffa's wife is fired and is putting the oh, yeah. key in the ignition, <laughs> right? Sure that the car and is going to blow. Silent, no music. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I no, I yeah. I thought the women were fine. I mean, it's not award winning. I mean. You, Yes, Anna Pankwin won an Oscar, and she's not really used very much, but she's very good in what little she's used. But in. but uh, she's fine. But the character as a girl, you know, shows this absolute hatred and and an antipathy towards Russell, towards Pesci's character, mm-hmm. and then an immediate love of Hoffa. Yeah, maybe it's the ice cream. I don't know. I think so. Well, I paid attention to well, her. But yeah, but, but that's also never but also there's uh, articulated or explained. Yeah, I think also though there's. Uh, oh, I, in in the movie, there's a there's a, a, a facet of Pacino that comes out as half of it's sweet at times. Yeah, and he's very sweet with her. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I think, and I, think with, I think the other thing too is that she watches her father packing that night. She sees the, the gun, gun and she knows she works for Russell. So she, the wheels are turning like what the hell does my father do for Russell? It, it would have been nice if there I like the I like the confrontation. Well, the also last... also she she witnesses him beat the hell out of that guy oh, the at grocery. the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, yeah. And that's why, and then much later on, the, the, the other daughter says, you know, that's why we can never come to you with our, you know, he says, I was just trying to protect you. Yeah, protect us from what? Right, yeah. and, and they said, we couldn't come to you for protection because you'd overreact and you'd, you'd beat yeah. on everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was, again, as I said, given, I like Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas and I love Sharon I Stone in Casino. So you can have... Uh, movies in this very male world that have interesting female presences that enrich the film, I don't know if this needed it. I don't think it did. I don't no. think it... I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know maybe I'm sounding like a sexist. I don't no, think I it don't, needed it. I, the uh, women aren't bad. They're not objectified. They're just sort of non-presences. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like to would have, would have liked to have known what was going on in Peggy's head, in the daughter's head. But when I saw it at the theater, I thought I think I think we kind of know. Yeah, the realization: my father is a murderer. That's what he does. That's what he does for for work. That's how we have. It. And then and then when she realizes too that he was involved, she doesn't know for sure that he's the one who kills Hoppe, but she knows that he's involved. When she says, "Why haven't you Why called?" Why have you called? That? Well, that to me the the line that it was right there, and he said, and he says. She, you know, was out of my life at that then. Right. It gives the date, like December fifth, nineteen seventy-five. That was the yeah. day that she she left my life. So obviously, that's the price that he paid. And I and I, and I think that in his head, that all this stuff that he was horrible stuff he was was to protect and support his family. And it's like, gee, the stuff that I did is what has driven my family away. Right. And although, right, so it's there's an so element of left. Greek tragedy about it because yeah, so in trying to protect and take care of his family, yeah. he's driven them away. Yeah. In doing the very thing that was, and he's, he's done, he's achieved the very opposite of what yeah, he said. Yeah, he's out left to do. all alone. Yeah. But that brings us back to the original question of, or is he just a cold blooded killer? Yeah. And that's an interesting yeah. thing. But there's one, my favorite line in the film, and when that, it's, it's already ascended to one of my favorite lines in all of Scorsese. Yeah. Is the, first of all, I thought the last half hour made the other three hours worthwhile. I mean, I, I, I didn't... I it's, didn't all, it's all sort of building up to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. And when the priest asks him, you know, do you, do you have any regrets for the sins you've committed? And he says, well, no, as I said, we didn't know the families. And then he says, what kind of a man makes a phone call like that? And then lets it drop. And it, he's talking about the call that he made to Joe. Yeah, oh God, that was and, excruciating. And that, what, right, we see it here, we hear her, we see him. And that line, that little flash, that maybe yeah. there is some remorse yeah. there. That maybe he does have a sense of self-awareness of what kind of a man he is. To me, that validates the entire film. And well, not only that, but, but he had to go kill a man that he loved. Yeah. Just following orders, and, and as and as Pesci says later, I mean, it's that realization. It was he had to make a decision. It was it was going to be us or him, and I picked us. Because if they didn't do that, then the other mobs, well, and, mob killers, right. would have killed them. Just like just like Joe Pesci's characters had to be killed in Goodfellas and Casino yeah. because yeah. because the real power, and I love the fact that Russell 
Pesci's character is kind of like the guys you see in the back office in Kansas City in yeah. the casino. Yeah. Yeah. These very dull gray guys sitting, yeah. but they're the ones counting all the money. Yeah. They're, you know, that's why, as we talked about in another episode, the logo of the Godfather is the puppet master. Yeah. Why, why Vito is always in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Why Sonny has to die. The hotheads always have to die. Yeah. Because the, and, and the ones who succeed, the ones who really won the sh- run the show, are in the shadows, in the darkness. And anytime right. you bring attention to yourself, which is why they didn't like Crazy Joe Gallo, who's right. always calling attention to himself. He wanted to hang out with celebrities. Who does that? Right. And no. And, and, and but it's almost like a foreshadowing of what has to happen yeah. to Hoffa. And they, and yeah. they, they, they yeah. yeah, they yeah. do make an honest effort. But the that, and who, he was trying to protect the pension money from. He wanted to keep the pension money from, from Frank workers. Fitzsimmons and those. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, and you know Hoffa was a very complicated. I guess. Guy I and, guess my favorite scene is in is in the prison. Oh, the, the oh well, I, yeah. We talk. I want to c- compare the prison scene in Goodfellas. Uh, you, which which prison to, scene to this, at the end at or the at end. the part with with uh, with Pro with Pro the, the little oh, guy with Pro. Oh, Tony Pro. I love it. I just you people. What do you mean you people? I just loved it. I love. I love. Well, and, and uh, to me, which the whole, Tony? They're all named Tony. They're all named Tony. <laughs> I, I always thought that Hoffa was Italian. I didn't know he's German Irish, but yeah. 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 But no, the compa- remember the the prison scene in Goodfellas where they're getting the wine delivered. Oh and, god! And, yeah. and Paul Sorvino slicing garlic. Every time I slice garlic, I think of that movie. <laughs> exactly, and they're really living it up compared to this. Well, this prison scene at the end. Yeah. Not too many onions this time. One of my one of the professors where I work, who. As I said, he's younger, he's in his 30s. He said, this movie is, uh, The Irishman is Goodfellas without the fun or the sex and an hour longer. But it's, it's much... Also, it's I know. Also, it's also it's because superficial. of the point of view. I know. It's, it's a point of view, I know. too. But, but that was his problem. But yes. to see these guys brought down not by the turning the key, the ignition and the car explodes mm-hmm. or by being mowed down in the street or even really in a that, window. It isn't even really that violent of a movie where you get no. down to it compared what, to Scorsese's others. Right. No, no what yeah. they're mowed yeah. down by is time. And that's yeah. much more... Time you know, time, and and what also whenever you see a character and it flashes right. up like how they... Dem- because the thing is they're all like vying for power but the inevitable part is they're all going to end up the same way but would you say and it's like why it's like the meaninglessness of of what they do would you say that that the previous films and that Scorsese's done in this vein sort of glorify no mob violence see that's what people are saying and that this is the the as I said the capstone the summit to that idea I don't find that I don't think well, those films the, glorify this certainly one doesn't no. no 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 I don't think so at all as I said it's a very somber somber film yeah. uh, but, um, let, me, let me change but, it but people out there listening now there is a lot of humor there in is movies. humor in a movie. it's not dull at all but yes I agree it's a when somber when I mean movie. somber I don't mean you know Bergman somber I'm, I, I mean <laughs> Although you did mention wild strawberries, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think of that analogy. That was uh, Richard Brody. That's true. Um, I think it's a good one, and I don't think wild strawberries is that somber of a film. So. No, it's not. It's, it's but much more like. I have to. Say, when I saw it in the theater, and I was actually stunned because I thought this was the first showing. Uh, the, this was the first week when it hadn't been on TV yet, and this was at the Screen Actors Guild. I thought it would be packed. And it wasn't. Mm. There was maybe a lot of. Well, but I think people. I I think I think that if it wasn't going to be on Netflix, it yeah. would have been crowded. I think. Oh, a yeah. lot of, I think oh, a absolutely. lot of people. I think oh, a lot yeah. of people just said to themselves, "I don't want to go to the theater for a three and a half movie. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait until it comes yeah. on Netflix." Yeah, but 
I just wonder if this film would have done well as a, a regular, regular I don't think so. Release. I don't think so. Well, first of all, just the simple... As I said, young people don't like it. And also the I'm simple finding. economics of it is that you can only oh. have a certain number of showings if it's three and a half right. hours long. True. Right. I don't know if this movie would have been as long if Scorsese knew that Netflix wasn't going to be part of it because apparently Paramount, uh, several studios were offered the film and they turned it down. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah, he's been gestating this for a long, long time. Yeah. But... It, well, is apparently this... De Niro is the one who, who first read the book and wanted to do it mm-hmm. and had been trying I hear to... you like... paint houses. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good... I'm glad yes, they changed the And I do my own carpentry, which means he disposes of the body. Exactly. Of the body. I'm glad they changed the title. Yes. Um, yeah. Although it's interesting because De Niro plays the Irishman in Goodfellas, too. I mean, he's, right. he's, he's Jimmy Conway. Yes. So... He, is, he is part Irish. Yeah, no, but it and and you know, that split you know, his between his father was Italian, his mother was Irish. That split between okay. Hoffa and Frank, the non-Italians, and the rest of the the, the group right. who's Italian, is yeah. very real and com- becomes more and more important as yeah. as the film goes Which on. Just why when he gives him that ring, it's so important. Yes, um, yeah, he said, he's in. Only three people have this ring. Him. Yeah, well, only one of them's Irish. <laughs> now, how strong I made you. Uh, Pesci's just wonderful. Oh, so, Pesci is oh, Pe- so, it's, so he's good his, in he's it. His, uh, Frank becomes Pesci's surrogate son. Yeah. He says he couldn't have children. He said that's that's his son now. Let, let, let me change the word. I, I said glorify before. Do, do, do Scorsese's other films romanticize the gangster life? And then this is sort of the real realistic I don't, antidote I don't to think, think so. I don't think Goodfellas romanticizes... The gangster life at all. There's a lot of humor in Goodfellas. That's what and I said. It's, sex. It's the point. Of, it's the point of view. It's because of Henry Hill. It's because, yeah. where, as I said before, he says, "I always wanted to be a gangster." Isn't being a gangster so much fun and everything? But I don't think the movie is trying to glorify. I don't think Goodfellas tries to glorify. I think or romanticize. Being, or romanticize. No, I, don't, I think I, very few people after seeing that film would I think, say, "Gee, I, I really think, wish I was a gangster." I, think, I, I think, don't think so. Josh. I think. I think part of the genius of Goodfellas is that. You, you enjoy watching the movie so much, and then you suddenly realize towards the end, like you get that kind of creepy feeling, like, "Ooh, I shouldn't be I, enjoying this." I so remember much. You when I'm sort of complicit in there, and then that happened to me when it, when that movie came out. I think I saw it at the theater, maybe seven, eight times, and yeah. then by the eighth time, I thought, "Hmm." Something's wrong with me, <laughs> you know, just a little. But it's but also, you're not alone. I mean, people yeah. adore that movie. Yeah. But it's also like the. The Godfather movies too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you ask yourself that question, like, God, I see them. They're doing this, these horrible things, and everything. I know, I know what they are. But why am I on their side? Right. I mean, you hate Henry at the end of you know for ratting yeah. everybody out yeah. and uh, and you know uh, doing witness protection. So that, but that's why that's why I. But love... this is this is different. Yeah. Partly, be, is... partly because of the the point of view of the main character. We're seeing it through him, and yeah. where it's. It's chilling. Yeah, and it's not. It's certainly not very romantic. And again, to yeah. see, uh, to see, this was you know Scorsese sitting in his window on you know Elizabeth Street or ever wherever he grew up as yeah. a little kid yeah. because he was sickly and couldn't go yeah. out much. So he spent all of his time outside of school either sitting in his window watching these guys like Johnny Boy <clears throat> in in Mean Street trying to work their way up yeah, in the organization. He had bad asthma as a child. Right. He couldn't go out that and often. And spent the rest of his time at the movies. Yeah. So there you go. All my, yeah. You know, ever since I can remember. Right? Yeah. That's why that line in Goodfellas is the opening yeah. is so resonant. But yeah. now, 
we see the other end of it. Now, Scorsese's an old man, and this is very much, as you say, Michael, an old man's film. In the, in, and in I'm not saying ways. that, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying no. that to degrade it. I, I maybe, because I am an old man. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's a film of remembrance. Mm hmm. That's why I don't like it quite as much as Once Upon a Time in America, but we'll have to argue that one out another time. So, I mean, is is this a demystification? Well, I, I, I think that Scorsese is a better filmmaker than oh, yeah. Sergio Leone. There's something unabashedly operatic about Leone that I love. <laughs> yeah, a slow <laughs> opera. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm I'm not I, I'm not a big fan, apart from Once Upon a Time. In America, I'm not a big fan of his. Oh, I love the, all four of oh the westerns. Uh, I'm, I'm not counting Fistful of Dynamite, but I so love all four of them. I must give him credit, though, for casting Fonda as the evil villain. He was good in that, but I didn't think that was that good a movie. No, I don't I either. That movie it goes on, on a big forever. Screen. Yeah, well, that's, and of course... Let's watch Water Drip. Right, no, that's, and that's <laughs> the irony, is that Scorsese is one of the last of the generation of filmmakers. You know, aside, there, are, there are a few in the next generation like the Andersons and Chris Nolan, you know, who want to work in film and, and are concerned about this the the whole big wide cinematic yeah. seventy yeah. millimeter screen as opposed to people watching this on their iPhones. Yeah. But it's, you know, ironic that 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 this is a Netflix yeah. spot. And well, that most people who see it, ninety nine percent of people who are gonna see it are gonna see it on Netflix. Netflix, I have to Netflix say, apparently was the only person that would back them with you know, with the money, because it was expensive. Like, thank goodness they did. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say, I enjoyed it more the second time watching it on Netflix at home than I did at the theater. Interesting. Well, it was also late. You know, I was 8 o'clock, 11.30 on a weeknight by the time I got out of there. It was... Although, I have to say, I the, the cinematography, I, I really appreciated seeing that more... I don't know the cinematographer was Rodrigo Prieto, yeah, I mean, yeah, who I've never don't know, uh, one, but it was beautiful, beautifully. And beautiful. of course, his 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 editor, yeah, yeah. as always, uh, Thelma Schumacher, yeah. you know, She's does so an good. incredible She's job so of hanging Bring these different it, time know, structures it all together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. It's really because it, because it because the way she edited it just felt effortless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it just I, floats. What did you guys think of the whole de aging process? I had no problems with it. I didn't either. The only time I thought I was a little jarred by it was the very first time you saw De Niro. I just thought he looked a little odd. Yes. Just for a moment. Did only it, for Michael, a moment. You saw it on the big screen. Only for a moment when you saw the first shot of him in the in the truck. But then after that, it just no, it didn't bother me at didn't all. Didn't bother me. The only thing, and this has been brought up several times, is sometimes, yes, De Niro is de-aged. His body movements. But his body movements. Well, the only time I the yeah. only time the only yeah. time I thought that the that was very prevalent was when he beats the hell yes. out of the grocer. Yes. Because that that was an older man beating up someone. That yes. wasn't a younger man doing that. But but, but, but it wasn't a big deal. I mean, no, it was, it was very minor. Really. No. The question is, was it better than the alternatives of having young other actors play yeah. them young or trying yeah, to I make think, them I up think, as young? Yeah, I think this is I think this is much better. Than I did too. I'm sorry. I know there are a lot of young actors who'd like to have their shot at being in a Scorsese movie, but I, I think this was better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I didn't mind the. I didn't mind the. De-aging in the in the conversation they have that's on Netflix, they talk a little bit about the the de aging process and how it affected their acting and how they had people constantly watching the script saying he's supposed to be this age, and they'd say, no, no, no. Your body movement there—you got to do it over again because you know when you get out of that chair, you should move a little faster. You're supposed to be this age at this point, not that age, blah blah. You know, and they're constantly reminding them. 
Did anyone else find it sweetly ironic that, you know, the thing that Scorsese has achieved the most attention for, aside from this movie in the last couple of months, has been his very well-reasoned and well-stated tirade against CGI movies and, you know, franchise films and superhero movies, and yet that's the process he uses CGI in this. So that's... uh, Yeah, but he uses it to good effect. Well, yeah. well, I know my thing... problem with the with the comic book movies is after I see one, I forget about it. I guess right, well, they uh, evaporate. Hang on, because I want to save that movies. till the end. Appar- I didn't read it, but apparently uh, Coppola came out with an even much stronger yes. statement after Scorsese's. I did I'm he write? Surprised. Did he write another? Did he write an essay? Yeah, or something? well, I didn't. He, I didn't say it. Coppola hasn't done a decent film in thirty years. Well, he doesn't so doesn't really make movies anymore. No, and no one's the worse for it, honestly. Uh, I happen to like a couple of Coppola's or '80s films. I love Tucker. I like I Tucker. Tucker is a desperately underrated. I like The Rainmaker. Yeah, that was fun. Anyone could have directed that. Though. Nah. Um. So, the, but the the other connection that I see with Scorsese is because while he's had this side and he's done, you know, in the '80s especially, did some very odd and interesting projects. Um, like After Hours, which I think is criminally neglected too, and of course King of Comedy, which is After Hours is fun. I mean, no, that's t- a great woman's role, Sandra Bernard. Oh my God! And we talked uh, about Joker, and you know the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and how influential King of Comedy is on that. King of Comedy was a film that was about thirty years ahead of its time. Yes, but, yeah. it was, and Joker is one that should be buried. Yeah, well, it, it's not winning any awards, so it probably will not. Oh, they'll probably give him the. But he sort of made, in addition to yes. the, the, the gangster films that he's so famous for, this sort of spiritual trilogy of Last Temptation of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Kundun, and Silence. Have you seen Silence uh, I did. I finally saw what it. What did you it's think? Slow as molasses. Yeah. I, it was okay. I hate Colin Farrell. I, I came out of that movie thinking this was definitely the movie he wanted to make. Yeah. No, absolutely. Nobody... And, nobody Right, it wasn't Gangs in New York with Harvey Weinstein uh, threatening him yeah. unless he changed the ending. So, yes. Another was... Scorsese film I know. Oh, I hate Gangs in New York. Yeah. Except for Daniel Day-Lewis. Even, even he was a little Bill the top. Butcher. <laughs> I kind of love that. And maybe his worst casting? Talk about poor women in a Scorsese the great, film. The great Diaz Diaz. And... <laughs> well, I understand has retired. Oh, how will we go on? Yeah, I don't know. As Michael she Bolton must have listened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, tell me, how am I supposed to live without? She's this? retired before our podcast. I think. Yeah. So, so, and I see that last half hour as sort of tying in Scorsese's spiritual side with his gangster oh, side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. the two scenes with the priest, and it ends with him with the priest. Yep. Yeah. But the scene with the priest, and again, that line about the phone call, the one moment of self-awareness Frank yeah. has in this entire film, I thought was just just beautiful. He tries to make amends with Peggy, and that fails. And there is an element of not mawkish, but of course, you know, the famous story about Scorsese is that he wanted to be a priest. That was his original oh, yeah. intention. Yes. And that, that runs through. Well, there was nothing anyway as bad as Harvey Keitel cast as Judas, but... Uh, <laughs> Master, what do I tell the people now? I liked him. <laughs> I kind of like Last guys, Temptation sorry. of Christ. Oh, no, that's the only thing I didn't like about Last Temptation of Christ, but... No, no, I, the movie I'm saying I kind of like. Oh, I love the movie. I like the movie. I think, and I, and I love Kundun, and I like the sign. And as you said, I think, Michael, you put it beautifully. I think that, that it's definitely the film he wanted to make. Absolutely. And I, it didn't make a dime... 
and it's never even is it even on TV? I've never. No, I, I don't think the, even the cable is show, silence. I don't. I don't know. Have you seen it? I have not seen no, it. No, it's it's rarely. I'm, I'm interested. In I mean, I one. saw it at SAG, and I have to say, unlike uh, the Irishman, there were walkouts during silence. I, yeah. Did so? Did you feel the spirituality was kind of tacked on? That that wasn't. No, no. I no think I it's part of it, the no, film. No, I didn't feel that way at all. Yeah, and I think that sort of shines a whole light on the rest of the film. Yeah. It would it, it, it would be like you know Macbeth confessing to a priest or something. Mm. It was uh, it was beautiful, and I thought that it really tied those two strands of his career together very well. Yeah, that and leave the door open. Well, and that's right. God. And th- that's alluded, I thought that alluded to the first time he spends the set night in the same room with Hoffa, where, where Hoffa's yeah. got the sliding doors, right, and, and leaves them slightly ajar, yeah. and, you know, separated, and you're like, wait, but why also, is he doing that? But also, it's, it's emphasizing the, the loneliness he's, he's beginning to feel. He's, he's got no one. Yep. Literally no one. All his friends have, are dead. All his family has, whatever, survivors, members of his family completely alienate him. And he's the loneliness is becoming overbearing for him. It's like a little kid afraid of the dark. Yeah, and he is left to face his judgment. Yeah. You know, if he's Catholic, he's left to face his judgment alone. Yeah. And uh, things are not going to go too well for Frank in the afterlife, Catholic speaking. No. So um, no. I, I thought no. that was unexpected. I thought it was a shift in tone that absolutely worked. It made, oh, yeah. it, it made, and I think it was because of De Niro. Yeah. I think he's I think, utterly I think, believable. I think De Niro's great in it. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Even though he is, as we said at the beginning, sort of non-reactive in, in these situations. But he holds it together. Yeah. His performance really yeah. holds the film together. So yeah. overall, where would you say this fits in the Scorsese oeuvre? <laughs> you just had to use that word. I had to use that word. Listen, I used interlocutor. I mean, now I can die in peace because I've used that word in public conversation. Okay, so. I use that one. Cross that one. <laughs> That's all for us. Mom, doing a show here. <laughs> My little thing of comedy moment. I will hold today and cross those words off of the dictionary. Okay, why can I use these other words again? All right. I would definitely think it's definitely one of his top five films. Top five, top seven. I don't know. Yeah, I'd maybe go top seven. I don't know about top five. Uh, well, what would you, what would you, what would you put in the top five? Mean Streets. Mean Streets. Yeah. It's all there. Mean yeah. Streets is is. Oh, Mean Streets is great. It's it's for too little shown. It, it is. It's the blueprint for everything Turner else. shows it quite a bit. Yeah, actually. yeah. They actually they do. I'm I'm kind of surprised that they show it as often as they do. And just you, to, just to let me, the last two three years have been showing it. Before. I was too young. I was only eight when it came out, so I didn't see it when it came out. But uh, don't be catty. <laughs> I saw that. Um, just, but I was in college. That's why I'm scratching right, your no, eyes. No, but but De Niro. But you know, when people saw that movie, and everyone expected Harvey Keitel to be the breakout star in that, but it was you know yeah, it was De, Niro. De Niro. Well, he got the New York Critics this Film Critics Award for that, right? And so, you know, I have those moments sometimes where, like, who is this guy? I put Taxi Driver above it. I put Raging Bull above it. I, 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 I don't know if I'd put Taxi Driver above I it. I don't think I would either. Mm, really? Yeah. Yeah. Taxi Driver, I, which I still think is a very, very good movie, it's gone down a few points since I've been watching. We watch it, you know, regularly, usually Christmas time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bring the kids! 
Um, but um, in case you want to wash all the scum away, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You talking to us, Mike? You, you talk because I don't see anyone else here, so you got to be talking. to But us. Uh, I, I definitely would put you know as as top two, three, um, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, and yeah, um, Goodfellas is and Mean Streets, and one of my favorites because it's from my favorite novel, The Age of Innocence. I think that's Age of Innocence act. is spectacular, and a lot of Another... people don't like that movie. I, how? I don't know. I know one of the criticisms. It's the only criticism I have of that movie. I just I don't like the ending. I know that's the same ending yeah. as the book. It's but, the novel, yeah. But uh, but I, I don't just, mess with Edith Wharton, man. But I I just it's it just leaves me empty. It's like oh my god, you're an ass. Go and see her <laughs> already. Yeah. But uh, one of the criticisms I've heard of that film from, from our acting teacher, John. Is there was too Age of Innocence, yeah. Age of Innocence, too much narration. Well, you want to get the, mm-hmm. that's what happens when you. Add, add, but add. I think the I think the narration works very oh, well. I do too, and I think uh, John Woodward does a wonderful job narrating it. And Scorsese said when it came out that it's just as violent as any of his other films. In a, it's just, in a no certain physical way, violence. yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would put the I would put. The, Actually, I think I put it in the top five. Yeah. Five, yeah. I put Last Temptation of Christ above it too. I think that I have not seen see, Last Temptation of Christ in a long time. Literary but, adaptation. Yeah. But I, I, I do like Last Temptation of Christ a lot. I do too. You know, and I'm well, also somewhat... you know one of the things I really like about Last Temptation of Christ, and this is the book too, is that you see the political side of Jesus. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and and that he was he's like he's a, a political rebel, but his. His strength in resisting the temptation yeah. while oh, he's well, yeah. suffering there. And I, I'm Jewish. Yeah. Full confession here. So I have nothing, I have no skin in the game. And it was one of the most moving things I've ever seen yeah. on film. I re- yeah. felt like I really, in, in make, really emphasizing Jesus' human side, I think right. I, for, if I were Catholic, I'd be more. I'd be more attracted to Jesus as a, as a yeah. figure of worship rather than less. As you know, people said, "Oh, you're disrespecting him." You know, I never understood <coughs> that 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 viewpoint that it was disrespectful to, oh, to Jesus because him and Mary Magdalene together. Yeah, but, and, well, because it was well, from people who hadn't seen the film. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, well that's there, what I said. That. That, that is exactly what I said to the person who was protesting the movie when I walked walked by by her and she was like shoving stuff and I said I said Jesus would see the movie before they condemn it she was like huh what <laughs> Earth? so uh, we're not putting Cape Fear up there huh? Bring no. it up. <laughs> oh my god I do not like Cape Fear <laughs> well my which, which, which your I least think, favorite I, I think Cape Fear might be my least I'm favorite I'm going with bringing out the dead yeah I I like that. nobody Ooh. likes that Hated one I just that. don't remember it yeah, Nicolas Cage, Ambulance Drive. It's all I remember. EMT. Yeah. I, was, I can't yeah, remember I anything else. About uh, that movie. was pretty bad. The best thing about Cape Fear was the wonderful Simpsons episode that parodied it. <laughs> oh, yes, where he sings Gilbert and yes. Sullivan on the, yeah, with the... Yes, with Sideshow Bob. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> that, that contains my single favorite exchange in all of The Simpsons where, you know, isn't it true, Sideshow Bob, that you have Die Bart Die tattooed on your chest? And he says, no, 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 it's German. It says D Bart D. And someone in the jury says, oh, well, someone who speaks German can't be evil. <laughs> it's like, yes. When The Simpsons was funny, that was beautiful. And plus they do Gilbert and Sullivan in the end, which always brings me yes. in. So, so I'm, I'm right there. So with I guess, you. I guess, uh, but, and, and, um, um, 
Cape Fear came right after Goodfellas. I right. guess that was what yeah. was such a... It wasn't screaming to be remade. Mitch was no. so good in, in the original. No, and I, was, and I don't how, know how did Cape Fear ever come apart? Was that a Spielberg idea and then he decided not to wreck it? I think so. Did, did, did Scorsese do it so he could do something else? Was yeah. it a deal he made? I don't know. And I think the two films of his that people love in this decade, Shutter Island and uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I don't really like either of them. Wolf of Wall Street, I, as I said, I enjoyed, but I just don't think it's a very good film. Shutter Island, I don't remember it that well. DiCaprio, Mental yeah. Institute, I remember that, and then yeah. there's a twist. Big and twist. That, 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 Memento that. kind of twist at the end. Yeah. Yep, and, uh, yeah. Meh. So, listen, everyone's entitled to... But I, I, I love the fact that he has gotten to sort of, you know, tie up this most prominent strand of his career in such a powerful and thoughtful way and I also yeah. understand you know I'm the youngest here at 54 and um, I can understand why people in their 20s and 30s and even 40s, 40s don't, don't like it don't like yeah it. I mean I don't know. would they like any film three and I was a well, senator I, mean, uh, I was a senator when Tiberius was at Burrisoa so, you know, <laughs> when Hector was I, I don't know if it's I don't think it's the length no, I don't think it's the length. I think the last Avengers film was over three hours. Yeah, now. there you go. I think I think it's because of the somber tone. Yeah, it's, they were they were if they saw Goodfellas and they thought that's what it was going to be like, they're going to be disappointed because mm -hmm. because Goodfellas has that flashy flashiness to it. It's 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 almost like an amusement park ride. Yeah. No, and it's like the equivalent. I, I think, you know, we talked about, when, and we did an episode about our favorite endings, and one I didn't mention was, I'd mentioned before, John Huston's The Dead, you know, which is taken right from the joy story when oh. the snow starts to fall. And, yeah, and th this whole, this especially the last half hour, but the whole movie felt like that snow falling scene. This mm. is, mm -hmm. you know, an, an older man looking back on his characters, on his life, on his career, and saying something very thoughtful and maybe just for people our age and older, but, you know, very moving about those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, want to exit question? What are your general thoughts? We talked about it for a little bit, but your general thoughts about Scorsese's uh, piece about Marvel and you know Disney completely I, controlling film? I generally agree with him. I do too. I think I do too. But my question is: Would would Howard Hawks have said that of Mean Streets back in '73 and have. John Ford? And he might have. They did. Uh, I mean, uh, Hawks politically was very right wing, and I I, I think there were um, I don't know about so much about Mean Streets, but I know the uh, the older quote right, old Hollywood yeah did not like Robert Altman for instance no and w and wouldn't have liked say Godard certainly so well, they, and, they, and they considered they consider a lot of times they considered them sloppy filmmakers yeah so is this is this an old man whose time has who time, time has sort of passed him by? No, is no. he or Are you is he? No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, I, I see. I tend to agree with you. I, I, I always try to see that other side, and you know, especially because I teach, so I work every day with the audience that has been brought up on these Marvel films and the superhero franchise films, and I try to see it through their side. But I think Scorsese's right. They're more. He calls them more theme park. Yeah, I, I just than, they're, they're Right. No, I, I, I think I think what you said before is, is really very apt, that sometimes they can be very enjoyable while you're watching, but then like five minutes later you pretty much forget Yeah. Forget it. It's there's nothing usually nothing about them that really stays with you. But but whereas this it, movie whereas this movie, after I watch it I just 
there was a lot of it that just kept yeah. reverberating oh my in my head. Especially that for me, that last half hour. Yeah. yeah, but but really all of it. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely memorable film. Plus, I have to do one little shout out because one of the places they go for ice cream, um, they shoot it at Hildebrand's, which is right around the corner, basically, from where I teach out in, uh, oh, yeah? in Long Island. Yep, you in know, East Williston. Most of it, apparently, most of it was go to filmed, Hildebrand's. Apparently, most of it was filmed in Mineola and Williston Park on yep. Long Island. Yep, which is... And some on the Lower East Side, my friend's uh, yeah. bar on Orchard Street uh, was kind of closed down and they didn't, never paid him. They were You're shooting, kidding. They no, were really? shooting Irishmen and... Uh, it yeah, I don't think they built the set for Umberto's. Umberto's. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So there so, was some... So no chance that Scorsese is just being a cranky old no, guy? No, I don't think that... so. Well, then I'm cranky old guy, too. I don't see it as a cranky old man movie. It's a sad old, not yeah, to say a wistful sense. old man. Wistful, yeah. yeah. It's full of wist, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Although I think I would have liked this, well, since I loved Wild Strawberries at age 15, I think I would have loved this movie if it had come out 30, if but, I saw it 35 years ago. But this is an exemplar. I, I, I feel the same way, yeah. But this is an exemplar of the kind of filmmaking that the three of us were raised on. Yeah, exactly, true, true. exactly. Yes. So it's not like, even if you showed... You know, Mean Streets to my students, I don't think they'd like I it. I think a really, really big difference between ourselves and much younger people, say, in their in their 20s, is the fact that when we were growing up, when we were children, we were seeing, you You had no choice really to watch, but to watch older movies. Movies right. on TV. That's what right. almost always on TV. Mm-hmm. And we were accustomed to watching those kinds of movies, that kind of filmmaking, that kind of storytelling, so we have that that it base in us, right? They don't. They, they don't. don't. No, and the millennial and, and, and a lot of them, a lot of them see those kinds of movies now, and they first of all they they just can't acclimate themselves to anything that's in black and white, right? Uh, Little or, uh, or anything that, with a take longer than five seconds. Or I so think I, just I, I, that's the thing I always bring up about Citizen Kane. I think a lot of youngers simply do not like Citizen Kane because of the long takes. I yep. still don't get that. Because Citizen Kane is so much fun. Yep, I never had any success in yeah, teaching it. I yeah, don't get it. I, I, don't, I yeah, can understand so much, there's Vertigo. So much, there's so much filmmaking now where the cuts is just... Oh, and sometimes it gives me a headache. That's why I hated the movie Moulin Rouge. Mm, yeah, I... Well, all right, I'm not going to go into that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> because you, that that's a film you either buy in 100% or 0%, and yeah. I have to admit I'm 100%. But right. I liked what they were trying to do. I just did not, did not like the editing. And if you have tendency towards epilepsy, it's not very helpful yeah. either when he cuts every half second. But, yeah. It just, uh, but there and you it, go. it literally gave me a physical headache. I, I think there is, you know, if there were more films in the comic book genre like Black Panther... Yeah, which we've said that is a memorable film. Transcended its genre. That did transcend it. But you know, DC announced its its film slate in the Green Arrow universe for you know for the next. They've got it all planned for the next five years out. Oh, following what Disney's done. Oh, great! Something to live for. Marvel and yeah, it just. I mean, it's always been a business, but now it feels that there's nothing. And yet, you know. Parasites playing on a lot of screens and yes. Marriage Story is doing well and you know maybe Netflix gave us Roma last year which was both yes. of your favorite films yes, last yes, year yes, so yes. I don't know I I it's it's too easy for us okay, to say okay, occasionally we get a glimmer of hope like 
but, know, like, but I like don't want to be the like, guy saying the old guy saying, "Yeah, the new stuff is terrible." You guys know well, that. I don't think. I don't think all the new. I, I think, think there are still a lot of very good movies coming out. It's yeah, just, they just they don't the, play in small towns. They, the comic book movies basically take up ninety percent. That is true. Um, well, ever since Jaws, their whole yeah. weekend, the first opening weekend syndrome has been in effect for movies in general. Mm-hmm. If you don't make a big killing that first weekend, it's not going to yeah. stay in the theaters for very long. And we see we see coming the next the the next and hopefully final statement in in the nail in that coffin, which is the ninth Star Wars film. But uh, which I probably will not see. Oh, I got my tickets already. Are you kidding? I was twelve when that I came out. I heard people are selling tickets for. Over for hundreds of dollars. Why? So I wouldn't because sell mine be, because they're sold out, and people and there's Star Wars fans who want to see the movie, so they're paying a lot of money to go see it. Opening night, you mean? Yeah. And this is why Trump is president. Oh, hey, I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah, Come but on paying now. hundreds of dollars oh, yeah, just right. to see a movie, which I mean, it's not like it's going to go away. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but there's. Good stuff still emerges. I mean, we're not going to do a top ten for the year because oh, yeah. we're doing our top well, ten actually, for the year. Well, actually, I would like to do sometime a top ten for the year. Because mm-hmm. uh, once in a while, a movie will pop up that I that I think, oh my God, this is so good. Well, and one of them is, won the New York Film, uh, the L.A. Critics Award for Best Actress last week. Diane. Which oh, I which I, I did told not you about. see. No, it came and went. Mary Kay Place won the Best Actress Award, and she's wonderful, and it's a wonderful film. I'm going to get a copy somehow, and I'm going to lend it to you. It's just, and when things like that pop up. Yeah, uh, I mean, last you know, year there was something, I last year we had uh, Leave No Trace, and uh, uh, we had uh, Sorry to Bother You, and there was uh, some... The, the Ethan Hawke film. Right. Um, first, uh, first reform, reform. First reform. Yeah. which I think, which the more the more I think about it, that after seeing it a few times, I think it's a great movie. Oh, it is. Is that in your, is that yeah. going to be a preview? Is that going to be in your decade top ten? I think it will. Be. It, it might, might be. be it might be in mine. I think it's going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh God, it's a really, a really really good movie. movie. It really is. It really stays with you. Right, and you know, there he's referencing, you know, he's referencing Bergman and uh, oh, yeah. and Bresson, Bresson, and. You know, yeah. the, the films that we see now reference, you know, as we said in the Tarantino episode, kind of reference pop culture itself. It's become self, right. self-referential. Tricks are for kids. Right, exactly. But, well, I don't know. But, you know I'm, we I'm get holding a, out. But we also, we get great surprises every once in but a while. I mean, I wasn't, Parasite is great. Oh my God, it is. Brilliant. Well, Bong Joon-ho hasn't made a bad movie since The Host, I as far as I'm concerned. I have seen his other films. Oh my God, I Mother. Want to. I, I didn't like Snowpiercer as much as everyone else did. But Wait, the, is Snowpiercer the one... The train. I have seen that. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. I didn't love that. that, but the one about the pig, Okja, I, I love that. I didn't see it. It was real. It's like an ecological... Yeah, I did not see that. ...fairy tale. Beautiful. He's, he's fascinating. But when I came out of Parasite, I think I said to John, I said... Bunuel would smile. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, call. that was a great way yep. of putting it. Class it really warfare, was. baby. It yep, was. it's time. Yes. I, I, but what I love but, about... Now, that's another movie. That's a movie that I think is a really great example where you're watching the characters and, you know, the, the family, mm-hmm. and you're saying to yourself, what they're doing really isn't right. 
why am I on their side? Right. Well, that's why <laughs> and I love... I'm very much on their side. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Buñuel. That's why I love Viridiana, because Viridiana is one of my favorites, because it mm-hmm. shows the peasants, you know, who are the heroes, supposedly, in Buñuel's class warfare. Yeah. They're awful, too. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Like, they're yeah. pretty bad as well. But so, also, Parasite just goes through a little twist and turn here and there. It's like, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. And, you know, my fa- one thing I'm going to talk about in the top ten of the decade is that it has been a good te- decade for genre films. My, a couple of my favorite films are this year are horror films of all things. Midsummer, which I by Ari Aster, which I totally loved. Which and I, Us. I haven't seen that. And I haven't seen that. Us is on HBO now. I think. Us is tremendous. It's not Get Out, but it's tremendous. It, and Lupita yeah, Nyong'o is going to be She got the uh, actress. She deserved it. She plays a New York opposite parts there all right it's necrology time but isn't it kind of like your your parents back in the 60s and 70s saying turn that crap down you call that music that's not music i'll give you music jolson that was music you know or whatever oh my god Benny, my my, right? my poor father hated rock music right and my and my father had had a history as a as a musician uh he played trumpet and apparently he was very, very, very good. But boy, oh boy, he did not like the music I listened to. Right. So is, is that so? Is is Scorsese your dad saying turn that crap down? I don't know. Audience, you're going to have to decide that one for yourselves. But it's not. You're right, Michael Coppola is much more strident. I thought uh, Scorsese was more thoughtful and more yeah. measured in his. Well, that's that's Scorsese. Uh, necrology time. Dun, 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 dun. Scorsese oh, right. also. Scorsese also remember is associated with. Turner Classic Movies, and he's, right. he writes for the website, and so he's very involved with that. He's got to choose his words carefully. Yeah. Right. Well, all <laughs> right. So wait. Coppola has his winery. Wait, one last Scorsese <laughs> yeah. question before we do necrology. Most underrated Scorsese film? Ooh. Well, I would say The Age of Innocence because it was not highly rated. I, I can't understand that at all. It, I think it's, it's, it, it did not. Yeah, it was I not a successful a film. It's that's one, a good choice. And for the Scorsese critics about the use of women in his movies well there you've got oh. two great parts for women yeah. and two very good performances by women. Yeah. yeah Winona Ryder Winona Ryder's best two hours she's I, excellent I ever on screen I'm, I'm going with Kundu as my most un- underrated okay. film I, I did like that I, I, I liked it I remember seeing it liking it I, I don't know how it would play on a small screen though I didn't see it. I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I only theater. I only saw it in the theater. So it's really um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and again, like not as uh, but in a different way as moving, you know, moving in a spiritual way, genuinely spiritual way. Yeah. So, all right, necrology time. We only got two. This uh, we have to talk I, and it about. Was, and it was over the weekend, both of them. Yeah, straight Ron Liebman. Ron Liebman, who um, basically started in film, and then went. When uh, I think of him in film, I just think of Norman Ray. Oh, no, there's two Ron Liebman before. He's in Where's Papa, too, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, I knew that you One of the like funniest, yeah. funniest yeah. films of 1970s. Yeah. Never and shows. Never shows. Never. It is a really funny movie. And it should show. It's just... Uh, it's still relevant. It's so relevant. <laughs> and then he's also quite good, I thought, in the film version of Slaughterhouse-Five. Which I also George Roy Hill, yeah, which yeah. I think is very underrated. It's it's an unadaptable book, but mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, not I a would bad, agree with you there. Yeah. Not a bad job. And he did a lot of TV, and then he went to came back to Broadway, and well, he did, and, and uh, I love Pacino in the movie, right? I love Pacino as Roy Cohen in yeah, the, in the HBO Liebman movie, but Liebman was, was unbelievable. Yeah, on stage, oh, he was in America. He was, yeah. he was just he incredible. Was great. 
And then I guess the other one is Rene Abourgeois. Abourgeois. And, uh, you know, of course he was in MASH, but... But I, here's, well, here's my no, funny thing. Give your because I saw, the first time I saw him was before I'd ever seen him in a movie. I saw him on stage in the musical Coco with Katherine Hepburn. He plays the most flamboyant evil gay man imaginable. And he won the Tony Award, and, hmm. I, and I thought, oh, my poor gay man, you know, he's never going to get work. And then six months later, I see him in MASH, and I thought, oh, my God, he's an actor. <laughs> he's a real actor. Well, and he's and brilliant in that, and he was also wonderful in, in the other two Robert Altman films he did, uh, uh, Brewster McCloud and... Uh, Which Mc... I've never seen. It's you hard. It's, never you can't get your hands oh, on it. It's very hard to find. It's... it's yes, it it can, it, it's about the, the guy in the Astrodome, yeah, right? It, it yeah, it shows up on Turner occasionally. I have to, I have to check it. It's yeah. one of the few Altons from that period I haven't oh, seen. Oh, yeah. But. And then he's in McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh, well, that's... And then he then he kind of went to TV for the well, most Well, and that's where I, you know, I... not Definitely not because of Benson, but yes, you guys know I'm, a, I'm an insane Star Trek fan, and of the series that have been on, they're about to go to seventh series now oh, with wow. the new uh, Patrick Stewart one. But uh, my favorite by far is Deep Space Nine mm -hmm. because it's very un-Star Trek-like in that it's very dark and very oh. layered. And the problem I always had with Star Trek and with Next Generation is that they're all Boy Scouts. Everyone's, you know, perfect mm, yeah. in the crew because that's Roddenberry insisted on it. And when Roddenberry passed away... The creators were able to do a little... The Federation is shown in some very dark sides and people doing very bad things for good reasons. And René Abergenois was sort of the... He's the Pinocchio character. There's always a character who's trying on being human, you know, whether it's Data or Spock or uh, or Seven of Nine in Voyager. And uh, he, he was wonderful playing in Mask for seven years. Yeah. He's as the constable, as Odo, shapeshifter. He was a very, very good actor. Very good actor. And, yes. And, Kind of unsung. Yeah. An, actors, him and an actress actor, yeah. Yeah, both him and Lee. They worked all the time. But they both worked all the time. You yeah. just, you know, you, you would mention their And I, I, uh, in, going back to Liebman, a friend of mine uh, took a master class from Liebman, said he was an excellent teacher. Yeah, that doesn't I could see that. Really, that doesn't really cared about could, his students. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Really good I love teacher. him in Norma Ray. Yeah, not, and, yeah. and, and not, to, not to theater brag, but if you didn't get to see him in the original. Uh, production of Angels in America, yeah. you missed something. He was great. He was good. Yeah. Ineffable. Really ineffable. He was spectacular. Yeah. All right. So, uh, our January and February shows, of course. Drum roll, please. I'm so excited. Our top 10, not of the year, but of the decade. We're heading into the, the roaring 20s, people. Can you imagine? We're just a couple of weeks away. So, we're going to look back in January, the roaring 20s. We're going to look back in January at our 10 like through the howling 6. 20s. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's see what happens. And uh, in February, we'll do uh, our fifth through first films. I am dying to know what your guys were. I've got my list pretty much ready. Although, as I said... Really? I'm, I'm waiting, I haven't started one I'm yet. waiting for Sam Mendes' 1917. A, I know it's Gallipoli, but it's Gallipoli in real time. And I'm a World War One fanatic. And it's, it's, told, it's done like Birdman. You know, apparently in a single, mm -hmm. what what looks like isn't really, but oh. is actually a single take in real time. I love movies in real time. The mm. High Noon And Sam Mendes thing. is a good director. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah, well, I don't know. He directed one of the great Bond films this decade and one of the yep. worst 
Which is the Spectre. Oh, God. Spectre. Was that the last one? Yeah, that was the last one. I didn't care for that Terrible, but... But, um, but uh, the Skyfall was, was really, really was good. Was one of the few Bond films that even non-Bond yeah, films yeah, like. Yeah, so, me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really excited about it. So our top ten of the decade. Be oh, sure to listen in. So... We happy to report here from Vintage Sand Studio South, Sir the Merit, that uh, we are, as always, a five nines and a four production. Still hanging on to the mystery of what that means. And uh, you're welcome. To, you're welcome to leave comments if you know you think you please know, visit us you know on our is. right on our website <laughs> www.vintagesand.com, where you have episode guides, and we'd love your suggestions about topics for future episodes. Uh, lots of great stuff. So, as always, we want to thank Melissa for her production help which he has always given us we're thanking John for the space again here in our, our uh, comfy vintage sand studios That's right. uh, Gabby for the awesome logo as I said please check out the website leave uh, leave us your feedback and suggestions and we wish you a happy watching we wish you a happy new year we wish you a happy end of the teens and may your favorite films always be streaming